Hola. Hello. Bienvenidos a Enredo. A podcast about raising bilingual children. I do like to read with my mama. I'm Monica. And I'm Paula. Welcome to Entre Dos. A podcast about raising bilingual children. Public libraries are one of our nation's most important resources. They support literacy, act as an inclusive gathering space for the community, and provide a plethora of public services. In this episode, we dive into how public libraries have been supporting bilingual families and how they can support you in your community. You know, the reason that public libraries exist is to serve their community. They are funded by, you know, by the taxpayer, you, should, you know, of the municipality they are serving. And if, you know, you're a member of the community, you're a Latino, you're Spanish speaking, or you have an interest of having you know, yourself or your family learn, you know, have access to those resources, you have all the This right is Madeline Peña. She's the digital content team manager for the Los Angeles Public Library and the president-elect of Reforma, an organization whose mission is to promote Latino and Spanish language library services in the U.S. If you've ever felt that the selection of books or services in Spanish or your language of choice at your local library branch is limited, there is something you can do about it. Here's Madeline again. All the right in the world to uh, ask your library to purchase materials in Spanish. You can also, um, you know, encourage them to have Spanish-speaking and bilingual staff, and I would say highly encourage them, you know, most um, public libraries are, are governed by a board of library commissioners, and you can attend a board of library commissioners meeting and ask your, you know, the board members to, you know, I need to see more Spanish language materials in my library, bilingual materials, Spanish-speaking uh, personnel in the library as well. You can make those you know, it's, it's your right. And that's the reason why public libraries exist. Finding resources to expose our children to books, socializing and cultural opportunities outside of the home is a big priority for parents raising bilingual children. But these often require investments in both time and money. That's why community input and parent requests are important. They help drive the programming and budgeting decisions at local library branches. Lucia Gonzalez, an award-winning children's book author and public librarian in Florida, talked to us about how this works. So it's something that public libraries are very receptive and children's librarians try in as much as possible to work with their communities and are very uh, inventive in working with their communities. Uh, the families, you know, the, the, uh, the, the important thing is to make that connection of library and community by doing outreach. The key word here is outreach. The children's librarian or the youth services librarian needs to get out of the library to connect the library with the community. It could be through visiting schools, visiting um, churches, and doing story hours, puppet shows, talking about the resources in the language of the community. So once you have the family is coming, the library inevitably has to pay attention in their collection development, development policies to that public that is coming in because it's about supply and demand. So families are coming, you need to have something for those families. You need to have books that address the needs of the families and then you need to have programming. 
So the key here is outreach, libraries that are doing outreach, connecting the institution and the resources, letting the community know they're there, bringing them in. Once they're coming, then they have to react and provide for the needs of the new populations coming and requesting the, the services. Uh, usually collection development, uh, it's, you have a percentage. You have to divide your collection and that is for adult as well as for children. As a certain percentage of your collection is dedicated to bilingual books, to international languages, and it goes according to the demand for those books. The more the parents come and ask for those books to be there, the, the higher that percentage of the budget is dedicated to developing that part of the collection. So parents, it's important for parents to come and ask, demand, request. That is what makes a difference. This symbiotic relationship is what makes libraries so unique. Lucia says that encouraging parents to participate in the library program they want is also key to expanding their services. And this is particularly important if you live in a community where the library staff does not speak the minority language, which is a problem many libraries in the U.S. face. Yes, it is true. We do not have enough bilingual uh, librarians. And, um, and that compared to the population we serve in the United States. This is Luida Garcia-Febo president-elect of the American Library Association, ALA for short. We wanted to know what, if anything, the ALA is doing to increase bilingual library services. Uh, one of the most uh, beautiful things about library is that they are changing and evolving, as I mentioned, in response to these shifts in needs and wants of the communities they serve. So libraries are the great equalizer. And they are providing programs and services to all in the community besides the collections, the materials that we have. And these, um, all these services and all these programs are for people with different linguistic backgrounds and abilities. And so what ALA has been doing, ALA has um, different initiatives to retain and nurture the librarians that we already have. Those librarians that are bilingual in English and Spanish and librarians that are bilingual in other languages as well, you know, Chinese and, and English and Korean and Tagalog from the Philippines and all that, because we need um, these diverse multilingual uh, librarians in our nation. Um, and so, for instance, one of the things that we are doing is that we're going back and thinking, where is the most important stage for a person to be uh, start thinking on what they want to study? And that's how we can uh, encourage and motivate um, these future librarians that are uh, bilingual in English and Spanish. This is a crucial aspect of multilingual and cross-cultural library services. The reality is that if the children's librarian at your local branch does not speak your target language, then there will be some additional hurdles to building collections and programming options. 
This is something that Lucia Gonzalez, who is Spanish-English bilingual, encountered when she became the director of the North Miami Public Library, which has a large Creole-speaking community. Sometimes it's um, challenging for me not to speak the language of my customers. It's something I discovered only when I got here to North Miami. Before, to me, it was easy to, okay, we're going to do a bilingual story time. And bilingual was Spanish-English. So now I say, bilingual story time, I have to define the language. This is is it bilingual Span uh, English Creole or bilingual English Spanish? Or we can even mix the languages. We've done that and very successfully, uh, believe it or not. Um, it, and, and I'll talk about the program where we were able to uh, mix the languages and uh, get to a larger number of families and engage them in in reading and in talking about books. The program is Primetime, a national humanities-focused program that offers grants meant to engage young children in reading and critical thinking. The grant itself was you have the parents for dinner, they get three books, and they take them home. The next day, they share the books at home, and then the next week, they come back, and you, the librarian or the storyteller, it's called a storyteller, who's someone you had with a grant, they share the book, they read the book, and then they, uh, the, the adults, as well as the children, answer these humanity-based questions, right? So being that I have such a mixed community, uh, a lot, some of the parents, they, they loved to participate, but they did not speak English, and they didn't speak Spanish, so I s didn't know what to do. I engaged uh, the a local uh, uh, community-based organization uh, activist to become the storyteller in Creole. And I was a storyteller in English. And then I had a friend who was a storyteller in Spanish. And we read one book that was, the families already were familiar with the book. They took the book home. And then we read it, each one taking turns in a language. And it was so successful because first they already saw the pictures, they were familiar with the picture book, and hearing the same rhythm and the same um, flow of language, but in Creole and then in English and then in Spanish, language becomes uh, like the, the, the protagonist of the story time, you know, because it's, then you then it become it comes to the point in which the, even though you don't speak the language, you're looking to identify words that are going to allow you to understand where you are in the story, where the reader is, and it it's part of enjoying the differences in language and the differences among all, among the the, the children and the participants who speak a different language. It's an appreciation of language and the languages of the people in your group. Uh, public libraries are very receptive and, and very good at reacting to the demand of a population in their specific areas. Uh, and this is not something new. And this is, I, I give you an example. The New York Public Library in the 1920s, uh, they identified a Harlem was becoming what later on became Spanish Harlem. There were Spanish-speaking families moving into the into the vicinity and immediately 
the director of children's services at New York Public Library back in the early 1920s said we need to have staff that speaks the language of the families in the community. Lucia is talking about Pura Belpre, the pioneering Puerto Rican librarian who was the first Latina to work in the New York City public library system. As a children's librarian, she authored several books in Spanish and eventually became the namesake for one of the most prestigious awards for Latina and Latino children's books writers and illustrators, the Pura Belpre Award. The Belpre has been there since 1996. The Pura Belpre Award was, came, came to be because a group of librarians realized that unless there is a nationally recognized medal that is placed on those books, those books were going to fall through the cracks and not be noticed. And so the medal, the Pura Belpre medal, is like a voice for the bilingual books that have been published in the 90s and on. If you don't have that medal, the book ceases to exist, the publisher stops publishing, so the, it's out for a year and out. So that medal was needed, just like the Coretta Scott King was needed for, uh, for books by African-American writers and illustrators. And we followed in their steps of the Coretta Scott King medal. We created the Pura del Pre medal to make sure that those books were going to be noticed and that they were going to find a way to be on the shelves of libraries and especially schools, find their way to schools and in the hands of children. Librarians play a big part in maintaining literacy alive. They foster new readers and help people find books that go beyond the bestseller lists. They also create programs like the Pura Belpre Award to bring attention to literature that would otherwise be ignored. Lucia has won a Pura Belpre Award and has been part of the selection committee. The award is co-sponsored by the Association for Library Service to Children and Reforma. Past winners include familiar names like Meg Medina, Yuji Morales, Margarita Engel, and Rafael Lopez. She believes that public libraries play an essential role in raising bilingual children. That's where the little ones are going to have the chance to interact and socialize in the language of the home, outside the home. And that's very, very important to raise bilingual children. They need to be able to play and enjoy and socialize with others the same age in the language of the home. Uh, so I think that's the first step to uh, raising a bilingual reader and a bilingual child. They need to enjoy the language and play in the language. And that's where the public library comes in. Thank you to Madeline Peña, Loida Garcia Febo, and Lucia Gonzalez for taking the time to speak to us. We hope you feel inspired to approach your local librarian and explore how you can work together to improve your branch's bilingual collection and services. You'll find links to the organizations mentioned in today's episode, as well as additional resources on the show notes and on our website at entredospodcast.com. 
And we hope to see you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to continue our conversation. Find us at Entre Dos Podcast. Hasta la próxima. Nos vemos.